Before we begin with the message this morning, I'd like to actually spend just a moment in thanks and prayer once again on this Memorial Day weekend. We want to give thanks for those who have served and uh, are maybe are currently serving and uh, remember those who served and maybe gave their lives to serve. So would you join me in prayer as we remember those and we give thanks for them and for their families. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and that you are the first and foremost example for all of us of what it looks like to be one who serves, the one who will lay down your life for others. So on this Memorial Day, we thank you for those who looked a little bit like you, giving their life for others. And we thank you for those who continue to do so, who continue to serve us. Teach all of us to be servants in your model, Jesus, the ultimate one who came not to be served, but to serve. In Jesus' name, in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I know that I know many of you, but I'm CJ, and I'm really excited to be bringing the message this morning. And right out of the gates, uh, I'm going to tell you this. I am somebody who really likes Star Wars. Um, if you are with me, great. If you're against me, um, I don't like you because Star Wars is amazing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually have this, this, I have actually have this, um, kid in mind. He's one of my friend's children in California and he is like six years old and he comes up to me every Sunday. He would see me to say, I do not like Star Wars CJ just to try and get a rise out of me. Little Cameron, I love little Cameron. Anyways, Star Wars lovers um, have been kind of in a hole lately. We don't get many movies. All we get is television shows. But one of the shows that we get is called The Mandalorian. Um, anybody out there watch The Mandalorian? Show of hands. Okay, good. We got some Mandalorian watchers. For those of you who haven't, I don't, uh, I'll explain it this way. There's, I don't know, there's this group of people called the Mandalorians, and there's one of them called the, Man he is the Mandalorian, but these Mandalorians, they all have this specific way of living. They all wear helmets, and they never take their helmets off around other people, and, um, they and then they have this way of living, it's around kind of combat and other stuff, but they have this phrase that they use all the time, and uh, if you don't know it, we'll give you a little 20-second clip of seeing Mandalorians with their phrase. So here we go. Okay, what's the phrase, everybody? Okay, good. That's just a sampling of how many times they say it during the show, too. I think there's probably about a, th a thousand more times it feels like they say this phrase. So suffice it to say for the Mandalorians, this is the way is their calling card, their phrase. But now I'm going to read some theology into the Mandalorian show, so bear with me. Because I think for the Mandalorians and for many people who watch it, I think that when they started saying this is the way, it was important to them because it's a helpful reminder to them that this is the way that we live. We live with our helmets on and we battle for each other. This is the way. But you can see they say it all the time, and I think over time, this is the way has become just a rote phrase for the Mandalorians. That now it's just something they say because they say it. You tracking with me? 
that it's kind of just, it's just something that they say just because it's something that they know that they're supposed to say. And I bring this up today for two reasons. Number one, because we're going to look at Jesus saying he is the way. But today I want to challenge us because I think in the three things that Jesus says to us today, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Many times we've said that so many times, maybe we've heard it so many times that we've lost track of what that really means. What it really means when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so hopefully this morning we'll get to see it with new eyes. And maybe it won't just be a phrase, this is the way. But Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life will have new meaning for us, okay? All right, so if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word today? We're going to read from John 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am going. You know the way to the place where I am going. Then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know the way. We don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Jesus is, is wonderful in many different ways, and he's wonderful this morning because he has given us a classic three-point sermon to preach, everybody. The way, the truth, and the life. So if you're taking notes, those are your three points this morning. The way, the truth, and the life. So first off, the way. Jesus says, I am the way. And right away, we need to ask ourselves, what is Jesus trying to say by saying, I am the way? Because I think for many of us, we've heard this phrase a lot and something that's kind of been built in and baked in to our belief about what Jesus is saying is that he is saying that I am the, I'm the way to heaven. I'm almost the ticket, if you will, to heaven. Um, we've kind of made the way a destination, if you will. If we just know Jesus, then Jesus is the way to the destination being heaven. It's about the destination. But this morning, I don't think it's so much about a destination as an invitation. Because if you look here, not just at the Greek, but let's look at the Spanish, if you will, everybody. Because if you read this in Spanish, it says, I am el camino, which is, I am the walkway. I am the pathway. I am the road. It's an invitation more so to a journey than a ticket to get somewhere or a destination to go somewhere. Jesus is inviting us to remember that he is the walkway, he is the road, and we get to walk this life with him. I think that it's an invitation by Jesus to, and here's a fancy Christian buzzword, sanctification, which really just means that we're trying to look more and more like Jesus every day as we walk along the road with him because he is 
the road. We are all too accustomed, I think, to seeing Jesus as the way, and we've kind of been built in within ourselves to be people about the destination. I don't know what your map app of choice is. For me, it's Google Maps. And when Google Maps, you enter your destination, and then once you enter your destination, it gives you the all-too-important ETA. How fast will I get to said destination? And if you're like me, then once you receive the ETA, you begin to race against time itself to try and beat said ETA by however many minutes may be possible. Google Maps says 6.20. Oh, Google Maps, you don't even know. 6.20. But Jesus, he's not about the destination, let's remember. He's about the road to get there. See, before the arrival of our twins, and we'll see you about after, but before the arrival, Bethany and I really like to travel, and Bethany was gracious enough to travel to a lot of places around nature with me. And one of the things that Bethany says whenever we would go to nature places was that CJ never met a vista he didn't like, which is to say if there's a sign along the road that says viewpoint coming up a thousand feet, we're stopping at that viewpoint, everybody. If there's an outlook, in three miles, put it in. We're stopping at the outlook because I'm ready to see it. Not only do I, have I never met a vista I didn't like, but I've probably never met a scenic byway I didn't like on vacation either. You know, If there is a scenic route or a scenic way to get there, we're taking it. No matter how long it takes, we got to see it the scenic way, right? That's vacation me. So vacation me will take every detour, every scenic byway, because I want to see every stop, every vista, every viewpoint, every outlook along the way. But normal life me is Google Maps ETA racing against time itself to try and get to the destination as quickly as possible. So I think what Jesus is inviting us today is to ditch a little bit of our Google Maps vision of him as the way. That this is just about Jesus is the destination to heaven. And once I know him, then I, I know the way and I, I, I'll get there. Instead, it's an invitation to say, I'm actually the road. I'm the walkway. I'm the pathway. Let's walk together. Let's take the scenic route day by day. Let's stop at every viewpoint of my grace, every vista of my mercy, every outlook of my love. And then we'll get to know each other along the way. The other thing that I want to make sure that we see this morning about Jesus being the way is that when Jesus says, I am the way, it's a comfort and a promise to his disciples, not a threat to people that don't know him. It's a comfort and a promise to his disciples. It's not a threat to those who don't know him. When I think about how to approach the words of Jesus here, I think of my friend from California. His name is Lee. And I'm thinking especially of Lee this week. Lee, if you know him, he's a giant of a man. He's at least six foot six tall and solid as a rock. And what Lee would always say is that if you had met him before he knew Jesus, he would show you who's boss. But after Lee met Jesus, he became a gentle giant. And if you knew him, he would always be teasing you with grace and showing the life of Christ through his love. And he was the most welcoming Six, is the most welcoming six foot seven massive person I've ever known. And I taught some of my first classes at church with Lee and Lee always told me, because we, we were teaching the membership class, so it was a lot about theology and what Jesus says and who he is. And Lee always told me, 
Remember to tell them, CJ, that these are promises from God. These are comforts from God. That they're not just up here, but they're for here and down here in our gut. Lee wanted me to make sure that I wasn't trying to get us to defend Jesus, but to know Jesus and to know that these words were comforts for us. So when Jesus says, I am the way, it's not a threat to other people who don't know the way. It's a comfort for us that he is the road that we get to walk with and walk on, that he's the pathway for us. It's not to be wielded against others, but instead it's words for his own disciples. Here, Philip and Thomas and Peter to take comfort in the fact that he knows where he's going and he's the way to get there. So trust him and walk with him. You see, this story, it actually falls right on the heels of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. So Jesus, and if you've heard that story and you've probably heard it taught, that was a pretty big deal that Jesus would wash his disciples' feet to take off his robe, to get in his undergarments and to clean feet that were absolutely disgusting in that day and age. And Jesus, he invites his disciples now to this way because when Jesus says, I am the way, it's a continuation of what he's just taught his disciples in John 13. And what he teaches his disciples in John 13 is to love one another. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another. You know, love is the, the um, in the same way I have loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. They will see the love you have for each other. So when we look to Jesus and we wonder what is this roadway he's inviting to, it's a roadway of love, to love one another, to love like he has. Not only is it a roadway to love, but Jesus shows us the kind of love that he's talking about. Because then at the end of John 13, Jesus is speaking with Peter. And Peter asks Jesus directly, where are you going, Jesus? And Jesus replies, where I am going, Peter, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you, which, to which Jesus says, you will disown me three times before the rooster crows. What Jesus is saying is, where I'm going, the way that you will follow me later, right? You can't follow me now, but later is the way of the cross. It's the way of laying down your life for others, giving up of yourself in love for others. That's the way that Jesus is talking about. That's where he's going and where he's inviting us, the road he's inviting us to follow with him. Because he says to Peter, you can't do it now, you can't die on the cross now, but later, You'll die day after day after day to yourself in order to follow me. So we need to remember this. And this is the signpost. This is the guidepost along this road to remember that it's all about love, that it's all about giving up yourself, laying down your life for others, because that's the way that Jesus went. And that's the way he invites us to go. So Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. What does it mean that Jesus says, when he says, I am the truth? Well, once again, I remind us that Jesus saying that he is the truth 
is a promise and a comfort for us as disciples. It's not a weapon to be wielded against others. I think for many of us, when we think about truth, truth in today's world a lot of times can be used as a weapon. That truth is about having the right facts. It's about having the right information. And if we have the right information, then we need to teach you the right information so that we all will have the right facts about what's going on. And I would caution us first and foremost this, that when you see Jesus teach in a way that is directed towards others in a, um, I don't wanna say combative way, when Jesus wants to challenge people with truth, who is he challenging the majority of the time with truth? It's not the people on the outside, the tax collectors and sinners and pagans. It's people on the inside. It's people like me. When Jesus challenges, it's most often to the Pharisees and to the religious people who think that they have all the right facts and they just need to get everybody else to know and to follow the right facts. And then we're all gonna be good. Jesus challenges those people. So a word of caution first about how we use the truth. And the second thing I would challenge us is just that idea that truth is about information. A lot of us, we think that truth, when we think of truth, we think of facts and we think of information that we kind of have convinced ourselves, and I'm definitely in this boat many times, that if I just know all the right things about Jesus up here, that if I just think correctly, if I have the right worldview, then I really know Jesus. And maybe if, we can, if I can just get everybody else to have the right facts and the right worldview, then they will know Jesus too. That if we can control the narrative, if we can control the information that's in the world, then people will know Jesus. And they'll know that he's right. But I think that we've gotten that backwards a little bit. Because Jesus, is in, it's not about information. Remember, it's about invitation. Invitation to relationship. It's to know Jesus. It's not about what. It's about who. It's not about information to what. It's about invitation to who. To get to know who Jesus is. And what it looks like to follow him in the way of love. Giving up of yourselves for others. I think the world is desperate for people who would see truth as an invitation to know us, a who who shows them love, to, shows, to show them the love of Jesus, the way of the cross, laying down your life for others. So I invite us today to give that up, and in part I want us to give that up because of this, because we have a separation that we believe exists within us, that we have a head, and we have a heart, and we have a soul, and that somehow that we can know things, but then it's different when we feel things. And I would say that that's not really who we are. That's not the way the Hebrews saw it. That's not the way the Jews saw it. That wouldn't be the way Jesus saw it. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, what Jesus was really trying to say is just covering everything that people might see of as them. Just love them with you. You're one continuous person and being. So there's, 
It's not that if we think right, then we follow Jesus, or if we feel right, it's, it's all connected, you know? I, I know I'm not probably making a lot of sense this morning. I think that there's a little bit of twin dad brain going on, but I guess what I'm just trying to get at is the fact that Jesus doesn't want us to just live up here and following him. He wants us to live it here in our, in our guts and with all of who we are to walk a road with him, to walk along the path with him, to not just say, you're the way, I know the ticket, I got the right number on my ticket, I'll go to heaven. In the meantime, I fill my brain up with information about you know, your stories and who you are so that I'm, I'm ready when I, for when I get there. Jesus is inviting us to a day-by-day walk with him, right? To, to know him, it's an invitation to who? It's not information about what? And so here's where I'll give you maybe a new pair or a new way to describe this or a new way to think about truth. Because the, the word for truth there, once again, sometimes it means truth in scripture, but sometimes it means reality in a, in a sense, what's, what's really true, what's really real. So Jesus is saying, I'm the truth, but we, what he's really kind of saying to his disciples is, I'm the really real reality. So Jesus says, I am the road and I am the really real reality. And the reason that he gives those words to his disciples, remember promise and comfort, is because their world is about to be blown up. Jesus is gonna die on the cross and they're gonna wonder if Jesus was really true with everything that he said. If he was really true that he was gonna be the Messiah, if he was really true that he would rise again the way he told them, if that was really true and Jesus says, hold on to this, I am the road that you're gonna walk with and I am the really real reality. That when it seems like everything else is going haywire, I am the really real reality. So today, Jesus is the really real, the really real reality. And it's a him, it's a who that we're invited to know. Finally, Jesus says, I am the life. When Jesus says life, life is almost always broader than just being alive, the the state of aliveness, if you will. Almost always when Jesus uses this word zoe for life in the gospel of John and many of the other gospels, he's talking about something deeper, life in relation to eternity. He's talking about eternal life. Let's just take a brief look at the way Jesus uses the word life throughout John. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Later in John three thirty six, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. In John 4, drink this living water and it will create a wellspring within you to eternal life. John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. No eternal life. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, to the, the greatest extent, to the eternal, external, eternal extent. John 11, Lazarus is dead. Jesus raises him from the dead. Life cannot conquer death. It's eternal life. I am the resurrection and the life. John 12, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus says, I am not just life. I am eternal life. But this might lead you to think, CJ, you've got it wrong then. Isn't, isn't it about heaven then? If Jesus is talking about eternal life, then then maybe the way, the truth, and the life, it is about heaven. And I would say, yes, I've gotten it wrong. 
and no too. It's a yes and no there. Yes, absolutely. Jesus is giving us a promise, a comfort and assurance as his disciples that he is eternal life. That when death comes, eternal life will be there for us, for those who are his disciples who know Jesus. It is an assurance for that 100%. If you believe in your heart and confess through your mouth, Jesus is, Lord, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. We get saved to eternal life. But if we think that heaven is there and it's all just about getting to Jesus and his eternal life there, then we've missed the plot. We've lost the plot because eternal life starts now. Eternal life begins now. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the life now. Because for Jesus, if you read about life and eternal life throughout the gospels, the question for Jesus isn't how do I get to heaven, but how do I bring heaven here? Let me say that again. The question for Jesus isn't how do I get to heaven, but how do I bring heaven here? Your kingdom come, your will be done as is in heaven. It's right there in the way that Jesus shows up in the gospel of John. In John 1 verse 14, the word Jesus who was with God from the beginning became flesh and he made his dwelling among us to live with us. The eternal one with us now in the here and today. As that classic contemporary Christian 90s song says, you came from heaven to earth to show the way, right? Come on, that's what Jesus did. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way of heaven here on earth. You feel me? Okay, okay. Eternal life begins now. What Jesus is offering his disciples is not, he doesn't say, okay, this is all about waiting now to get to heaven. Take your ticket at the meat counter. You know, if you've got the way and you've got the ticket and just wait until I come and then, you know, we'll get to heaven. Jesus says, it's about the who of now. It's about the road now. It's about me now. It's about relationship now. And it's about eternal life now. And I think I press into this because we want to, we, we need to, we, we hold on to the hope of heaven after life here on earth. But we need to get busy living eternal life now. Because Jesus gives the promise to us, he's already gone to heaven. He's got a room waiting for us. He's prepared a place for us. So we don't need to worry so much about that. It's there. It's good. Jesus has got a room with your name on it. So let's figure out how to bring more of that here rather than waiting to get to our room up there. If you're following along with me. Here's another all-time classic from the 90s and 2000s. As a younger brother, I was a copycat for Music Taste and Brett listened to Christian rock growing up. So therefore I loved Christian rock, everybody. And there was a classic called Big House by Audio Adrenaline. Anybody remember Big House? Okay, come and go with me 
to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house. It's my father's house. Okay. So first off, thank you. Let's put aside the questionable theological claim that we're all playing football. Um, first off, is it American football, Australian football? Is it football football? Maybe it's all the above. We don't really know. But the song touches on our hopes, right, of what heaven's like, that we get to go to our father's house and it's a big house and there's a ton of room. And there's a big table with lots of food. And it's a big yard where we can do whatever the heck we want. Maybe we're playing football. I don't know. But instead of dreaming about the big house and the big table and the big yard in the future, in heaven up there, we need to be thinking about how to make a big house and a big table and a big yard down here. Because sometimes the way, the truth, and the life has been about making Jesus a little bit more narrow, I think. That it's about whether we've punched the ticket or whether we know the right, have the right ticket the right information to get eternal life, to get to heaven. But I think the invitation is to take that Father's house, heaven, on earth. So if it's a big house with lots of room, how are we making more room in our house, in our lives for others? For those who need to know that Jesus is the road to walk with, that he's an invitation to life with the who. If it's a big table, then do our tables just have place cards for those who are already in, who know the rules? Or do our tables get another leaf in it so that we can sit two more and then another leaf in it so we can sit a couple more and another leaf in it and then it just becomes this huge, huge table? Is it a big yard and do you have to know the rules to play the game? Do we only invite the people who are good at whatever it is to play with us? Or is it a game for everybody? Is it an invitation to everybody? I think Jesus wants heaven on earth. And if heaven is a place where there's a big house and a big table and a big yard, then how do we make our house and our table and our yard bigger here so that more and more people can know all about this Jesus who says, love one another. As I've loved you, love one another. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. My closing is, uh, is this. I, Bethany and I were watching a show this week and a few minutes that we had outside of twins. In the show, one of the characters said, I don't really like death very much. He says, death is so one size fits all. Death is so one size fits all. And I think today, sometimes when I read this, I think in my mind what I've seen, and maybe what I've seen some other people do, but I've certainly done it, is we kind of, death is one size fits all, but then we kind of try to make Jesus one size fits all. That when we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that, that we need to get everybody to subscribe to Jesus as A, B, C, and D, and then we'll all get to heaven. 
But Jesus isn't one size fits all. He's a who. And he's a person. And I have relationships with a bunch of different people and every single one of them looks different. And I've driven a ton of different roads and a lot of scenic byways because I love scenic byways and they're all a little bit different. And Jesus today, he says, I'm the road that you get to travel, you get to travel with me. So hop in the car, get a walking stick and let's start walking with Jesus on your road because it's a comfort to us that he's gonna be there with you. And rather than being so focused on getting all the right information up here, truth, Instead, Jesus says, I'm the really real reality. I'm your really real reality. I'm a who. Let's get to know me. And I'm the life. So I guess what I see more so here is Jesus talking to Peter, who's a brash, in-your-face kind of guy, right, who wants all the answers and wants to take the hill today. And he comforts and he shows him the way in John 13. And then he's got Thomas, who's asking him the question, because Thomas is our question asker who wants to know everything, and Jesus answers him. And then Philip follows that up, and Philip's got another question because even after he's given the answer, Philip's not so sure about that. Jesus got 12 disciples, and they're all so different. And to all of them, he's the road, the really real reality, and eternal life. And so he's that for all of us. And he's going to be with us. And so death may be one size fits all and eternal life is available to every single one of us. And in the meantime, we just, we get this invitation to live with Jesus. So I guess I didn't quite know how to land the plane today other than to say that let's walk with Jesus. Not information, but invitation to get to know him and to walk with him on the road. He is the road. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you give us words of comfort and promise, that you assure us when we're fearful about not knowing where to go or how to get there, that you're the road, that you're what's really real, and that your eternal life begins today. And that we don't need to necessarily have every right answer. We just need to know you. We just need to get to know you even more. We just need to say yes to your invitation to walk with you. And then we get to be a part of seeing your kingdom come, your eternal life come, your heaven come here on earth beginning now as it is there. So we bless you and we thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.